This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants, me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm one of the hosts on the show. Michael Ritter, you can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter or on Instagram at MichaelRitter5. Also the host of the Football Function Podcast, available wherever podcasts exist. Joining me on today's episode, John Carrasco, my co-host here on the SmackDown Review. You can find him on Twitter at B-I-double-G underscore speaker. That's big speaker on Twitter. John, how you doing? Glad to have you back. Um, excited to get your your thoughts on not only the SmackDown that happened today, but obviously the wrestling show that we went to last week. But first and foremost, how you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good, man. And, uh, you know, it's good to be back in the chair. Uh, yeah, I mean, the event last week, man, it was freaking crazy, man. I mean, for for me to actually go to the my very first one, you know, see everybody that was, like, participating in it, in it and everything, it was... Yeah, it was interesting, bro. I definitely got a, a new outlook on Damian Priest. I feel like he kind of climbed the ladder of being like one of the, I wouldn't say favorites, but like, you know, probably like top five, I yeah, guess you, you say, know, you know. He's definitely caught your eye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his, whenever he takes a bump, you know, kind of kind of hard to go with. But I mean, I, I don't know. It's just like the, his presence, like coming to the ring. And I don't know. It, it could have been uh, just the theme song. Yeah. You know, the the entrance too. I'm sure you had a good view of that, bro. Yeah, it was freaking. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, um, Becky Lynch. Yeah, she, she's impressive in the ring, bro. Especially like the way she was like interacting with everybody in the front row. You, yeah, lucky dog. You were like right there. Yeah, that there was a group of fans that she was going at it with the entire match. Yeah. Like there was a there was a little area, but I will say she did break character just once while. Bianca Belair's music was on, and you know everybody was focused on that. She kind of, because Aish, you know my girlfriend who was there at the mm-hmm. show with us, she kind of, you know she, she's a huge Becky Lynch fan, so she was she had her eyes on Becky the whole time while everybody else was watching Bianca come out, and she saw Becky kind of lean in and tell the referee, "Hey, took off her glasses and says go give go give these to a little kid," and then immediately got back into character, but. It was just kind of cool, like, she, despite being a hill and, you know, talking crap to all the fans in the front row and all that stuff, which is entertaining as hell, Becky Lynch definitely, she earns her money in the live events because as, you know, charismatic, as energetic, and as wild as she is on TV on Monday Night Raw, and even, for for instance, tonight on SmackDown, we got to see Becky Lynch, which is a nice little pleasant surprise, but... She's even more so like that on live events, and she just really gets the chance to, you know, just have a little bit of fun, interact with the crowd, and that's uh, that's pretty impressive. I mean, Seth Rollins, Matt Riddle, getting a chance to see those guys come out. I mean, I literally got Rey Mysterio sweat on my hand. Well, how about this? Hold on. Let's go ahead and backtrack a little bit just while we're talking about the event. I already told you guys last week on the show while we were prepping it, because I did it on Saturday, the day of the event, I had front row seats. I did the Superstar Experience. I got to meet Asuka and the Street Profits, which is badass. Got their autographs. Those were the the people. Remind me, John, to give you that hat while you're here because I did. I got John an autographed hat by the Street Profits. 
But um, anyways, that was dope, getting a chance to see them. We got to literally walk down the ramp to kind of stand there and take a picture by the, you know, in the on the steps. I got to walk up the still steps, grab the, the rope that the tag team, who the... the the tag team wrestler that's not the legal competitor. You know, that rope that they always have in the corner of the ring. I got to grab onto that. I was the only person that did it, though. No one else did. They were kind of just, you know, standing there. I was like, I'm definitely about to grab that rope for sure. So I did. And they actually encouraged us to, like, smack the mat, you know, grab the rope, pull on a little bit. So we got to do that. It's a hell of an experience. I hit the turnbuckle at the very bottom. It was definitely badass, you know, to say the least. I had a hell of a time there. And then they give us first... um what is it like you, you get first dibs on the merch like they mm-hmm. gave us like line free just access to the the wwe shop essentially you know there's all the souvenirs that were right there you know i got the intercontinental championship ace got a shirt a bianca Belair shirt which comes in handy because we didn't know we were going to meet montez ford and us meeting montez ford she had that shirt on it kind of sparked a conversation he was like hey i'm a i have a crush on that girl in your shirt talking about you know bianca and Ace was like, yeah, I do too, you know, all that. It was kind of funny, a little funny interaction between those two. But anyways, uh, you know, we, we get in line there, in the, literally very first in line at that merch stand. This dude has no idea what the hell we're talking about. Like, I don't know if, like, WWE hires these dudes or what, but literally I was like, yeah, can I get the uh, Intercontinental Championship and a small Bianca Belair shirt? He just, like, he looks up and then looks at me like I was, like, speaking Chinese or something. I was like, dude, like, there's not even anybody around here just me and you like he could hear me just like you can hear me right now it was very clear he's like i'm sorry i have no idea what what these people are you're gonna have to point it out i was like oh my gosh dude like switch me spots over here i don't have your shirt but uh anyways yeah finally get the stuff we go do the meet and greet stuff all that stuff but after that's over we just go down to our seats like you said front row that's just where the experience was just badass i mean byron stacks then going back and forth into the ring all the refs i touched both refs and i've now got three under my belt that I've literally dapped them up three of the the main roster referees so that's pretty cool right there I do like that um one thing that happened there like during the show is the the middle rope just snapped off wild as hell dude it was during an Otis uh Ameri- or Alpha Academy almost said American Alpha Alpha Academy versus the Street Profits match that middle rope fell off that was wild to see in person they quickly got that fixed, but it clearly wasn't supposed to happen. But, yeah, I mean, got to touch the man Zeke. You know, that was dope. Got to touch Rey Mysterio. Obviously, get that selfie was with him. That's an important moment for sure in my wrestling fandom. Going to be tough to top that one. really is. But, I mean, it was a good time. You know, you, you like to see it. I mean, me and Ace couldn't stop talking about it the night of. You know, we're just like, man, we're still just geeking out about it. And we were geeking out about it since 5 o'clock. Because that's what time we pretty much had to be there. So about seven hours straight. The only thing I will say that was like a, you know, down is dropped a nacho on my pants, you know. And this was a, this was one of those nachos that, you know, cheesy as hell, you know. It was loaded up. And it was, it was Ace that dropped it, you know, just between us, you know. So it was kind of like right there on my pants, whatever. I pick it up. It was still good. I mean, five second rule, whatever. She literally tried to put it back in the thing. I was like... You already got it on my damn pants. You might as well freaking eat it, you know? I'm not going to freaking eat it, so whatever. So she did, you know, scarf that down. I actually helped her polish off those nachos, you know, during a match. Freaking had a couple hot dogs there. And speaking of that, in the concession line, sign guy, the legendary sign guy. First name Rick. 
um that's really all it, um all he told me obviously i mean i didn't ask his last name or anything like that but he's actually the one because i did I, I met myself or sorry i met him introduced myself but i kind of just walked up to him I was like, hey man uh, can i get a picture with you real quick he's like yeah man sure you know whatever you know we get a quick selfie hell of a time he uh he actually says I, you know i just tried to walk away i said hey i've seen you on tv you know hundreds of times you know i know who you are it's badass to see you here at a live event in amarillo texas you know it's badass but He's like, what's your name? I tell him Mike, <clears throat> excuse me. And he's like, nice, my name is Rick. Shake his hand. I was like, damn, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, he actually, he didn't leave it at just the, oh, yeah, I'll give you a selfie, whatever. You know, he actually went out of his way to introduce and, you know, get to ask me what my name was. And I just thought that was a pretty cool little experience there. I ended up waiting in line with him for like 25 minutes, you know, long-ass line, all that good stuff. But, I mean, you know, a long-winded response. I definitely wanted to, you know, let the listeners know kind of how it went because it was a cool experience you know i truly feel like it was a superstar experience the tagline that they use to sell that stuff you know obviously you know they live up to it i will say so uh definitely a pretty good experience for me and i know you had a good time too one thing i will say though about this episode that we're about to record me and john are actually matching shirts unplanned we did not plan this at all but we're both wearing our pat mcafee brand shout out uh smackdown shirt so te- technically repping the smackdown review but you know and also repping pat mcafee so yeah shout out to pat mcafee got some badass merch over there but yeah unintentionally we're matching over here so you love to see it in terms of chemistry that kind of just lets you know right now as far as what kind of show this is going to be a go home show where we're going to be breaking down the smackdown that aired july 1st 2022 from phoenix arizona but also We're going to make our predictions for Hell in a Cell, which is going to be taking place tonight, which is whenever you're going to be listening to this. We're recording this after SmackDown, but obviously you're going to be listening listening to this on Saturday. So we're going to get our predictions in there as well. Looking forward to doing that. We're going to have a pretty good time here on the SmackDown Review. So, John, without anything else, are you ready to dive in here? Oh, yeah. Definitely want to get this uh, show going. I mean, it was good from start to finish, you know. So, I mean, yeah, definitely excited. All right. Well... Without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. Like I said, this SmackDown aired on July 1st, 2022 from Phoenix, Arizona. And it started kind of similar to how a Money in the Bank go-home show started a few years back. There's a legendary picture that has been going around with Cesaro, Dean Ambrose, uh, The Miz, several other superstars just basically standing on ladders to kind of, you know, hype up the Money in the Bank and that's kind of what they were doing. You know, all the participants were out there. Omos was the only one who was not on a ladder. And they all get a chance to speak on the mic and, you know, basically just say something that was obviously scripted and uh, just try to promote themselves before the PLE tomorrow night. Drew McIntyre was one of the people who were out there standing. Miz comes out to remind him that whenever he won the Money in the Bank briefcase, he successfully cashed in on Drew and became the WWE champion. And just be, I mean, I'm not sure if you were watching at the time. You were, you saw Miz be oh, yeah. champion. Okay, I was just making sure. Sometimes I get the, the timeline confused over the past few years. It all kind of just blurs together. But yeah, I was going to say you're lucky that you didn't have to see that. But I'm sorry, <laughs> you actually did have to suffer through that. But, anyways, not only does Miz come out, Ezekiel actually comes out next, followed by Corbin and then Madcap Moss. Chaos starts to kind of break out. Adam Pierce puts a stop to it by making an official battle royal between all of the guys who were out there in the ring. This thing goes on for a while. A few of the things that I wrote down here in terms of notes, like the 
I guess, noteworthy moments for the match. Seth Rollins eliminates himself to avoid Omos. Uh, he does eventually get RKO'd on the outside of the ring, so he doesn't get away just completely clean. But still, what would you th- what'd you make about that? Him kind of eliminating himself immediately. Well, I thought this was kind of a, a smart move, you know, because okay. you know, like he's already he's already in the ladder match and everything. He doesn't have to worry yeah, about. There was nothing at stake here. Yeah, Pat so, McAfee reminds Corbin of that later. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like it was kind of like like a smart move on his end, you know, just to kind of avoid like getting put through hell, I guess you could say, because whenever it got down to, like, the last four, these dudes were, like, really beating up on each other, you know? Everybody was doing, like, a like signature move and stuff, and I thought it was pretty interesting, and I was like, wow, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of think, or I think that Seth Rollins, he took the high road and did the right thing. No, I agree with you because, like he mentioned several times in his promo, this isn't his first money in the bank. He's obviously won it before, and he's been in several, so... He knows that tomorrow night, literally 24 hours from when this SmackDown took place, he's going to be putting his body through hell in a Money in the Make ladder match. Why in the hell would he want to just willingly go at Omos, you know, and just basically say, you know what, I have a Money in the Make ladder match that could really project my career and, you know, maybe rejuvenate it a little bit, send me on another run. If I can go dethrone one of these guys, you never know what happens. Why would I try to put myself at a disadvantage by foolishly attacking somebody like Omos, who clearly the Nigerian giant just doesn't really seem like somebody who you would want to uh, want to go out one-on-one, which is why he is thrown out by like three or four people. That's another note that I have written down mm-hmm. here about this match is he gets basically they gang up on him. Starts with Riddle going at him first. And then I'm not really sure who came up and helped. Seamus. Seamus and, and Sami Zayn, maybe Drew. Definitely no. Well, yeah, those are two big dudes. They could have probably got Omos yeah. out by themselves. But yeah, definitely that makes sense. I really wasn't sure. I was really focused on Riddle, and I was already r- writing that down in my notes, so I couldn't really see who exactly got him out. But Drew McIntyre does look to be pretty close to winning this thing. He eliminates Corbin, I believe it is, and then Sheamus kind of sneaks up from behind him. Looks like he's going to steal the win. Drew McIntyre counters that and throws him over the top rope. Doesn't quite eliminate him just yet. He's kind of fighting him there on the apron. Right there on the edge of the ring, and then sure enough, bum-ass Corbin creeps back up, sneaks up behind Drew McIntyre, eliminates him, and and he wins this battle royal, but ultimately, it was for naught. Like, he didn't win anything. Nothing happened because of this. It gave him some confidence, and he did take that confidence into a after-the-match, I guess, confidence rant on Pat McAfee, you know, kind of rubbing it in, in his face, and then he also carried that confidence into a backstage interview with Caleb Braxton, where he basically tells her, I mean, he brags about winning, obviously, even mentions like farting rainbows or something like that because he's so happy. Did you did you hear that part? Mm-hmm. Okay, just making sure. Um, he bring, But his whole demeanor actually changes whenever she brings up the challenge that Pat McAfee laid out. He doesn't, he doesn't acknowledge it. He doesn't say yes. He doesn't say no. He kind of just, you, you see his body language shifts, and he, it's very clear that this bothered him. Do you think that Corbin is worried about facing Pat McAfee. I don't think so. I mean, like, to see this, you know, comparison in, what would you say, like, superstars, I guess you could say, there's no reason for Corbin to be afraid of Pat McAfee in my eyes, you know. I wouldn't say, I'm not taking nothing against Pat, you know, but, I mean, you got the size on him, stuff like that, so, 
you figure you kind of have like some confidence kind of, you know, going into that, you know, have more of like a mouth, I guess you could say. Because he's just, like you said, he's just being quiet about it. Like, are you not trying to react to this? Are you trying to just like put this off a little bit longer? Like, what's going on about it? Exactly. So, I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like. There, there should be like any avoiding. And given that he's way more experienced in the ring, why yeah, wouldn't you yeah. jump to this? Like, no, you've been clowning me on commentary this whole time. I'm, be- I've basically been the butt of all your jokes. I know that you know, obviously they're they're friends in real life, but still, mm-hmm. you know, this is your opportunity. To, you know, get one up on him. You know, yeah. Pat McAfee will clown you on his show, his three hour show, five days a week. He has his platform. This is your only opportunity where you can get one up on him, and you're going to give him the advantage here again. It was just kind of weird for Corbin. We'll see what happens if he actually does accept um, the uh, the challenge that McAfee laid out. And actually, we're not done with Corbin. We will get to him a little bit later in the show. But up next, it's advertised New Day versus Viking Raiders, right? We're supposed to get a match. That's what it was supposed, supposed to be, to get a, a tag team match here. But the Viking Raiders come out. They, they kind of go at it before the match. It wasn't a cheap shot or anything like that, but they did use their shields, mm-hmm. which obviously... This isn't the medieval times or anything like that. You can't be using shields in fights and wrestling matches. So, yeah, clearly that's going to put you at a little bit of an you know upper hand, give you the advantage. And the match doesn't go on, but um, the Viking Raiders, two weeks in a row, I believe it is, get the upper hand on the New Day. So you could expect them to feud, obviously, going into the month of July here on SmackDown. You high on that? You neutral? What do you feel about it? Uh, I mean, the new character i wouldn't even say new characters you know like new presence of them you know i'm not like totally convinced on it you know you see these two guys you know they're massive you know you figure okay let me rewind a little bit i feel like new day you know they kind of just using them as a like a stepping stone for people you know so it's kind of it's helping viking raiders in a way but like if you take those two guys versus Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, like you, you, you'd expect them to, you, you know, straight up demolish these guys. And then, like you're saying, having to use these shields, like, come on, man, I, you put, yeah, you definitely put the vicious in it. But then again, you put like a, like a play on it too. Like, you're supposed to be able to do this stuff. You know, you're supposed to be like these kind of guys that are, oh no, because at first I didn't take them seriously. You know, yeah, all that little pounding on the chest stuff that they did walking down to the ring i don't know like i'm starting to like the eye paint a little bit on this stuff but yeah i don't know i mean i just don't i i didn't take too much from like what it was trying to be portrayed as yeah and don't underestimate the new day's ability to come out next week dressed oh. like vikings themselves <laughs> and have weapons and actually you know kind of soup to their level and you know say all right this is the game you want to play here we go like i've seen them do this time and time again so I would not be surprised if uh, <clears throat> we see them come out and try to even the score a little bit. I was about to say, I can definitely see that. And especially, like, the way that Xavier Woods, like, he explained to everybody, like, like we're here for, you know, to hype the stuff up, you know. So he basically, like, took the words out of my out of my head while I was, like, writing the stuff down, you know. So I was like, that's a good point. You know, I'm going to keep that, you know. So I don't know. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Well, up next – Backstage, we get the four people, or I guess the people who didn't win the Battle Royal. We get them kind of bickering at each other, you know, going back and forth. Adam Pierce takes this opportunity to really, you know, get loud. He kind of regroups everybody and says, all right, the only way to settle this, we have one more spot left, one more open spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. 
So we're going to let one of you guys earn it tonight in a fatal four-way match. So we get, who is it? Madcap Moss, The Miz, Baron Corbin. Gosh, who is the last guy? Zeke. Oh, how could I forget the freak Zeke? I am a Zeke freak. So that's on me, honestly. Don't worry, guys. I am definitely uh, beating myself up for this one. I'm glad you kind of came in and saved (laughs) it there because, yeah, it would have been a lot worse. But anyways... After the backstage situation, up next, we get a very classic. I love this. I wish it meant more, but it doesn't. We get some Raw versus SmackDown action next. Six-woman tag match. Mm. Liv Morgan, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss versus Shotsky, or Shotzi. Raquel. See, I knew that key was coming in somewhere. They kind of just jumped the gun a little bit, but Shotzi, Raquel, Lacey Evans. <laughs> oh, man. See what you did there. Uh, but anyways... We get this six-woman tag match here. I was definitely pulling for SmackDown, but it was clear. I even told the people I was watching with, man, the Raw team is just head and shoulders better. And I know Raquel. She has very good potential. She's been going one-on-one with Ronda Rousey. She has a very bright future here in WWE. Lacey Evans, we'll we'll see what she does. You know, obviously, she's coming back from giving birth. That's a pretty big thing. But um, I feel like WWE does have big plans for her. And then, obviously... Who was the other one? Uh, Shotzi. She's kind of the only quote-unquote jobber, you know, in the whole thing, you know, where you really don't know what to expect. She's had big moments, but she's lost like three or four weeks in a row at times, you know. So there's just you've kind of gotten both ends of the spectrum with her. But this match, um, it, it was better than I expected. That's one thing I will say. I feel like it over-delivered. Each woman kind of had a little bit of a moment in the match. You saw Lacey Evans hit that beautiful woman's right. Shotzi Blackheart kind of just got a lot of ring time, so she kind of carried the match for her respective team. But Raquel Gonzalez looked dominant as well, as she always does. But clearly the Raw team, led by Asuka, Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss, they all kind of did their thing. One thing I noticed was that botched suicide dive from Liv Morgan. Dude. She didn't get any of them. She she just landed literally on her knees, on her stomach, and it just, you know, she got the worst of that, without a doubt, so... You definitely, uh, as a Liv Morgan fan, you know, you don't want to see that. And it, I, I caught that, you know, whenever it happened live. Mm-hmm. The only thing I take from that is, like, the reaction that Becky Lynch had whenever it happened. You know, like, yeah, kind of, like, pulled her glasses down type stuff. Because that, that, that was pretty bad. For, like, the length of her body was just outside the rope. You know, yeah, like her, her, her legs feet. got cl- yeah, clipped. I, I was like, oh, This happened. Gosh, I don't know if I've dude. told this story on the show here. Uh, I know I've told it to people in the past, but... When I was growing up, I had a trampoline right next to a, a pool, and we had a net around our trampoline, you know, which we would always, you know, just get a lot, you know, get a good double bounce, get high, really high up in the air, and then, you know, clear the net, dive into the pool. You know, we did it time and time again. It was pretty fun, but one time in particular, one of my friends, he was trying to jump over, and all I see was his feet get caught on the net, just, to, you know, obviously, and it it caught him, you know, and he f- ended up falling down, you know, hitting the where the springs are and the bars, you know, on the trampoline. It was a, you know, wicked wipeout. You know, you never want to see that. But, well, I mean, I guess, you know, whenever you're 13 years old and you see your friend wipe out like that, that is something you want to see. You do want to see that, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's just one of the things, like, if you're watching wrestling, you don't want to see that happen to Liv Morgan, mm-hmm. you know. But anyways, that is one thing I wrote down here in this match. And um, Liv Morgan does win, though, after hitting the Oblivion on Shotzi Blackheart, or just Shotzi. They haven't said Blackheart in a really long time. But Becky Lynch sneaks in the ring. She was a guest on commentary. I will say that. You kind of alluded to that, her reaction to that whole botch. 
she manhandles, slams Oscar, mm-hmm. and kind of just gets away. Ends up getting her hands raised. We'll get to the predictions later on, but I think it's safe to say that Becky Lynch has got to be, you know, at least close to the odds-on favorite to win that Money in the Bank ladder match. But let's see here up next, Sonya Deville. She approaches Adam Pierce. Interesting. To discuss what happened last week, just to remind you in case you didn't watch, uh, she approached Adam Pierce last week, kind of similar to this week, and her fuss was about the mismanagement of the women's division and her lack of booking, like her not getting many matches over the course of her return as a full-time wrestler, stepping out of that quote-unquote official role. So that was her bone that she picked with Adam Pierce, and Adam Pierce kind of, you know, rubs dirt in the wound, so to speak, kicks her when she's down. And books her in a handicap match. Just right away gives her a handicap match. Um, I do believe she loses that. And this way she comes in. What the hell? You know, what was all that about? Um, I've already made a formal complaint to upper management about you. And, um, oh, yeah, I got something else for you. And she proceeds to smack the living piss out of him. Man, I felt that. I really did. That was a smack. That's one thing I'll, I'll admit, man. I've seen Sonya Deville get Naomi a couple times during that whole thing, and now mm-hmm. obviously Adam Pierce. Sonya Deville knows how to smack. Yeah, without a doubt. But anyways, sure. what are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, it's keeping me engaged. I mean, I, I don't know the direction on what they're trying to do with it. I mean, I'm, of course, I know like the you know being mad about the way that he's handling stuff, but I just don't know where it's headed. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. Intergender match, maybe? Maybe get a Sonya Deville versus Adam Pierce. I would not. Loser <laughs> leaves WWE. That'd be interesting, though. I'm booking it. That would be interesting. But, yeah, I, I just don't see, like, the direction of it. I mean, it's keeping me engaged, like I was saying. But I, I don't know, man. I mean, because it's basically true, you know. The women's division is like, booty right now, I guess you could say. You oh, know, yeah. There's... Nothing going on, you know, no tag belts or tag team belts being mentioned or When you got Natalia, you know, you know, main eventing as the number one contender, you know they're scraping to the bottom of the barrel. Oh, see, I'm, I'm not even thinking about those, you know, because that's kind of Yeah, just as the, the rails, yeah, right women's there, picture, you know, yeah. yeah. Just, gosh, dang Just God. know, yeah, you know that ice cream, you know, jug that you keep in the fridge or the freezer? When you get to the very end of it, you're trying to, you know, get the last little bit. That's kind of what they're doing, you know, trying to give us some some good content here for the women. But yeah, it's, it's tough. Just, just both sides of it, man. The raw side, the SmackDown side. Just I, I'm not I'm not interested in them. You know, whenever the, these matches come on uh, tomorrow, that those are going to probably be my lunchables right there. All you right. Know? But I don't know what kind of lunchable. You already know what lunchable I'm on. I, I was about to say, I'd probably go with that one, too. But then again, I like the ham and cheese one. You've seen me approached by grown women. <laughs> or I don't mean it like that. But basically, while... Oh, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, while I'm eating my lunch bowl, you know, she'll kind of walk up and she'll be like, man, you know, don't you want to eat something else? You know, like, hey, don't be hating on lunch bowls, all right? <laughs> lunch bowls, are, they go hard. They do their job. <clears throat> and obviously, you know, keep you nice and fit. You got to have two or three of them. But anyways, no, actually, yeah. I did. I just while we're on the lunchable topic, really quickly, I, I actually did one time. I did the ultimate, you know, not body shaming anybody, anything like that. I did the ultimate chubby guy move, and I went and bought like three lunchables oh, because yeah. I was like, you know what, I want some lunchable pizzas, but I ain't trying to just get three. I ain't trying to just tease my stomach and you know have that little Capri Sun all that. No, 
I go buy three Lunchables. I'm sitting there with like nine of those little pizzas. I do smash all of them, but at some point, it's kind of like eating Reese's. You know, the, the more and more Reese's you eat, eventually the flavor kind of just gets weird. That's kind of how it was. Eventually, it literally tasted like I was eating cardboard. <laughs> and I was still just eating them. You know, it was pretty, uh, pretty delightful in the, in the grand scheme of things. But anyways... I mean, I can't really fault you for feeling that way about the women's division. I will be very interested in the money in the bank, that match. I do want to see the yeah, that's for sure. The fallout of the shot, or Natalia versus Ronda Rousey, because that one's kind of just, I mean, it's gotten, the, the comments that they've made, I mean, they're all centered around Natalia's rack. That's kind of the one thing that Natalia's mentioned a lot, whether it's on social media, also on, you know, in her promos. Ronda Rousey opened that can of worms, and Natalia's kind of doing the veteran move and kind of using it against her. So, I mean, it is what it is. We do get a little bit more of that, you know, backstage interview stuff where she calls her out for saying her daughter's 10 months old and she's really 9 months old. Yada, yada, yada. I'm not even going to bore you with all that stuff. Up next, we get a Q&A. I believe it. What was this advertised for, for the Usos and the Street Profits? What was it promoted as? Because I, I didn't. It was uh, promoted as ATA, Ask Them Anything. Okay, Ask Them Anything. Oh, that's like a Twitter yeah. thing. Okay. That's cool. I put Q&A just because, you know, yeah, it's same, essentially same. the same thing with Caleb Braxton. She gets them in the ring. The first question is for the Usos. She asked them how fearful they are for losing their titles. And uh, they quickly say that they're not scared at all. They're actually confident because the bloodline runs both shows. I really don't see any uh, lie there. Then she moves on to the Street Profits, and she asks them, or she actually points out how long it's been since they've actually held Tag Team Gold, and then she asks the Street Profits if they feel like they've lost their killer instinct. And then she asks if um, it's true that they're not getting along, which that was kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. That was kind of like something like, was that a small seed being planted? Like, like this was the very first, you know, the very first time that something like that's been mentioned, you know? And this could be something that, we don't see play out until next year, you know, very, very possible, but it has to start somewhere, you know, just look at how Montez Ford is. I and mean, I was literally, I took pictures with him. He is huge. And mm. I literally, I told you, I wanted to tell him, I wanted to say, Hey dude, you're ready. You know, like Montez Ford. Yeah. You're ready to rock dude. But I didn't want to feel, I didn't want to disrespect Dawkins. I didn't want to, you know, to, to I guess to change the energy, you know, cause it was a nice little good vibe. I didn't want it to seem like I was, you know, degrading the other one or saying, hey, once you get out of this tag team, you're going to be taken off. Because I didn't mean it like that. I was just trying to say, like, hey, dude, like, have fun. Stay in the Street Profits as long as you want. But just so you know, that main event is waiting for you whenever you want it. And I don't know, just seeing that. That was kind of a weird thing for me to for me to hear is them to say, is it true you guys aren't getting along? Like, who spread that rumor? Is that going to be something we hear? Sounds like something that has Paul Heyman written all over it. Maybe Sami Zayn, you know, kind of doing the dirty work to try to maybe – make them butt heads a little bit before their match i don't know honestly this is like i said it was weird i didn't expect that i don't really feel like they needed to do that but that was just something that um it was a little bit weird whenever she whenever she asked that but they go on a whole rant saying nah like we're not just tag team partners we're brothers and all that good stuff they have a, a very passionate promo i liked hearing that. i wish i could remember word for word what they said but it was about 30 45 minutes ago probably actually longer than that whenever we saw it but anyways um, they basically just laugh, like they laugh it off pretty much. And they kind of exchange catchphrases, which was kind of weird. Do you so say we want the smoke? And then the street prophets say you, you, the twos, we, the ones. I mean, I don't want to say weird in a sense of like, I didn't like it. I, I'm saying like, it was weird to see like, cause it's the go home show, you know? And they kind of just 
for that to be how it ended, no no punches were thrown, nothing like that. They kind of just we said yours, you said ours. Like let's go. That's why I feel like like the the unification for the undisputed tag team championships or whatever that match tomorrow night could very well end up stealing the show. And I just feel like it's going to be a lot better than what people might expect. You know, given the other you know juicy matches that are on that card, and we'll get into the predictions here in just a little bit. But I do think that um, I'm, I'm fully invested. In this one for sure. Just, I mean, there's only one set of tag teams. That makes sense because there's really only one tag team division. We saw kind of two tag team feuds go on. We saw the New Day and the Viking Raiders and later in the show, the Usos and the Street Profits. I mean, when was the last time we saw two separate tag team storylines go on at the same time in the same show? One of them being the main event. I mean, tag team wrestling doesn't get featured that often anymore. And I feel like that's just something that needed to be noted. You know, it needed to be, you know, at least... Give them credit. You know, I crap on WWE all the time whenever they don't do something like this. So the fact that they did, I'll give them a little bit of credit here. But that is how the show goes off the air is the, the Usos and the Street Profits kind of, you know, just going face-to-face to get you ready for that match. That's really, you know, all SmackDown has to get you excited for in terms of the pay-per-view. The Intercontinental Championship isn't being defended. Obviously, Roman Reigns isn't going to defend his championship on this pay-per-view. So the Tag Team Championships, and other than Ronda Rousey's belt... That's pretty much all that we got, you know, so, I mean, I guess that's what you have to try to put all your eggs into that basket to get your people excited for that match tomorrow night, but are you, oh, wait, whoa, 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 sorry, that's not how the show goes off the air, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, don't worry, rewind that, I'm not going to take it out, yeah, commercial, do whatever you got to do, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that out though, Uh, Maximum Male Models, that's probably why I thought, because I wish that's where it would have went off the show. <laughs> honestly, that's where I wish it would have went off the air. Man, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Mace, dude. Because that's who it is. Yeah, I apologize. Masse. Man, <laughs> I Masse, this made me throw up. I, I will, I mean, it's, I don't understand really, you know, what the deal is with Mace because... Like, I think it's time to give him his walking papers, to be honest. Like, you've tried him with several different things. I mentioned Retribution to you off-air. You're not familiar with that group. I feel like Maximum Male Models has less legs to stand on than Retribution. This is just a joke, honestly. And uh, Mansoir, as formerly known as Mansoor, I mean, the people in, from, Saudi Ara- uh, from Saudi Arabia that, um, you know, hang their hat on him being their, you know, their, their guy, you know, their John Cena the dude that's representing them, a whole nation, they're probably sitting there saying, you son of a... You know, like, I mean, I guarantee they're probably like, what are you doing? You know, they can't be happy with this, although they're probably happy to see him on TV, but still. um, Man, it was just like... I mean, I understand, you know, that some some people are liking it. So, you know, some people are looking at it from a different lens. I've seen on Twitter a lot of positive reactions for this, saying, oh, you know, I'm into this. You know, this is cool. They kind of killed it. I'm like... Yeah, killed it. Yeah, they killed the show. They killed my, you know, motivation to continue watching. They killed my vibe. That's probably about it. But, yeah, I mean, um, I don't really have much else to say. This is going to be something that we see probably come next week. Hopefully, you know, they don't add anybody else to this group because I will say right now I am not on board. Oh, no, this can definitely be taught or, you know, crumbled together and tossed out the window. Bro. This is, for me, my first time, I guess you could say, being introduced to L.A. Knight. This is not what I was expecting, you know. Me neither. So, yeah, Max, I'm not even going to give him the Dupree. 
Yeah. You know, he just maxed the premium. Yeah. So, I, I, man, I don't know. I thought this was going to be, like, a little bit better. I had expectations, like, higher for it. So, it definitely it definitely went to the bottom of the barrel for me for anything that I've seen so far in my time of just being back watching WWE, yeah. you know. This so, yeah, definitely, sure, definitely yeah. two hands down or thumbs down, I guess you could say. And if I could, I'd throw it away. Yeah, I, I would boo this if I were there in person. I mm-hmm. would. I mean, that's just me. I, and I got a hell of a boo, I will say. I'm not sure if you heard any of them back there whenever, you know, we were at the actual show. But I know for a fact I started a handful of boos. You know, <laughs> I, I just know exactly when the time those in there, they're usually whenever a hill just, you know, got the upper hand in the match. And I knew they were about to come talk. Oh, well, that's one thing I will say. MVP. I forgot oh I mentioned God. this. When he was there, he obviously was running down Amarillo. He came out. We thought he was going to say nice things. Because that's one thing I will say. He has said nice things about Amarillo in the past. I said that to H as he was coming out. I was like, oh, he said good things about Amarillo in the past. Just wait. He's going to freaking say some good things. I was like waiting. And he was like, Terry Funk, thank God for him. And everyone was like, woo, You know, because obviously Amarillo, Texas, mm-hmm. Canyon, Texas, legend, Terry Funk, and the WWE Hall of Fame hardcore legend. Um. He basically was like, you know, thank God for them because if it wasn't for them, nobody would know about this hellhole known as Amarillo. And then during the match, he actually pointed his cane at me and he was using me as an example for uh, how ugly Amarillo (laughs) is. And I will say, I was completely honored. I I was honored (laughs) to have, you know, him use me as that example, point his cane at me and, you know, just basically say, yeah, I'm looking here in the front row and... Yeah, you guys ain't looking too hot, pretty much, as you know the point he was making. But, yeah, it was definitely uh, added to the experience, you know. That's funny. It was fun. But now to the actual main event of the show. Now that I jumped the gun, here we are now at the actual main event. A fatal four-way for that final Money in the Bank ladder spot, or Money in the Bank ladder match spot for tomorrow night pay-per-view. 14 minutes. There was a decent little main event here. Madcap Moss does end up getting the win. I know you're probably happy about this. Big oh, yeah. moment for him. Oh, yeah. Happy Corbin obviously gets it rubbed in his face by Pat McAfee after that, saying, hey, you want a meaningless battle royal? Now you're not in the Money in the Bank ladder match tomorrow night. You have no reason to show up. But something tells me he might actually still show up. This is Vegas. Remember that. This is where it all started for Corbin, where he you know lost everything and then eventually won everything at SummerSlam last year. Here we are damn near a year later, and... I really think that something might, um, you know, might turn for him again. He might show up tomorrow, attack McAfee. Why not? You know, it's a pay-per-view. You know, eyes are going to be on it. They need to progress this. Pat McAfee basically mm-hmm. made him look like a fool. Why not have him sneak up behind him tomorrow? That'd be brilliant. You know, he's not on the card. Whenever they do that close-up shot of him and, you know, Michael Cole just basically previewing a match about to take us to a video package or something like that, just have Corbin come up from behind, boom, you know, just hit him a few times. You could really progress that. And, um, I mean, I don't know, it could be, you know, before their last match, you know, before Pat McAfee and Michael Cole's last match to call on the show. So, you know, he doesn't have to, you know, get the hell beat out of him and then still call three matches after that. You know, it could happen a little bit later in the show or something like that. Just my personal opinion, a way to way to progress that. But, yeah, like we said, Madcap Moss gets the win. You'd like to see that. I think good things are going to happen for him as long as he could stay healthy and, you know, stay here on SmackDown. He's going to end up getting the opportunities. I truly believe that. But anyways, now we can go ahead and get in to these predictions here. For the Money in the Bank card, there is six matches total. Two women's championship matches, two Money in the Bank ladder matches, and then a United States championship match, and then the undisputed WWE tag team championships 
between the Usos and the Street Profits. So we'll go ahead and just go, mm, I guess, most insignificant or least insignificant to most significant. Okay. Okay. So let's see here. I'll, let's see. I'll go United States Championship here. Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley. I'm going Theory. It's not that I think he's, you know, world's better than Lashley. This might not even be a clean win, but I just think that we saw him go face-to-face and cut a very good promo on John Cena just this past week. They're not going to cool him down at all. You know, that was a brilliant promo that he cut. He referenced him being the United States Champion at such a young age. I think Theory's just getting started, as well as, like I mentioned to you earlier today, Gunther. I think that the mid-card belts are on their permanent, or at least I don't want to say permanent, obviously. Nothing is permanent in WWE. They're long-term homes. Well, I mean, that's a good point right there, but I'm going to go with... and I'm, It's tough. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with Bobby. Okay. I, I, I want to see him at least get a title back, you know, just because the the last run that he had was kind of... Weird, I guess you could say, you know, considering, like, the Big E and everything. But I don't know, man. Yeah, I definitely want to see him uh, get a title back in his hands. Yeah, shout-out to Big E, obviously. But Bobby Lashley, another one who was here in Amarillo that was a, the oh, first yeah. time I saw him, way bigger in person in terms of muscles. Like, he is, like on TV, he looks huge. But in person, when you're next to him, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, this dude is sculpted. Balder. Yeah, without a doubt. But. Okay, so we got the United States out of the way. Let's move on to the United States. Or no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. It's late as hell, guys. Bear with me. Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, Usos versus Street Profits. I'll let you go first here. Who do you got? I'm going to go with the Usos on this one. I don't see them, like, losing or anything like that. Like you were mentioning earlier, like, maybe that was a seed that was kind of planted to kind of, you know, start a little bit of conflict, you know, in between, like, the Street Profits and everything like that. But, yeah, I definitely don't see the Usos losing. I don't either at all. I'm going to agree with you on that. I think the Usos are going to win. The Street Profits, shout out to them. I do think they're going to make it interesting. Like I said, this match is a dark horse that could steal it and be match of the night. Mm -hmm. But we'll see what does actually happen. I will go on the Usos side, you know, just to kind of get on record there. Let's go ahead and roll with the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Ronda Rousey versus Natalya. I like how they're pushing Natty. I like how they're making it seem like she's, you know, running circles around Ronda Rousey on the mic. Whether they're trying to make it look like that, that's just basically what it is. Because, I mean, that's, you know, my eyes, the eye test will tell you that Natty's winning. In terms of the promos, we'll see if she actually wins the match. I'm not going to pick her. I think the safe pick is Ronda Rousey. Uh, This isn't like Charlotte Flair. This isn't Bailey or anybody who has a legitimate shot at taking the championship off of Ronda. I'll eat my words if I'm wrong. But I do think that it's a pretty safe pick picking Ronda. Oh, yeah, that's definitely no question right here. I just feel like like Natty's just a stepping stone, you know, just, you know, another competitor, kind of get her out of the way for Ronda and everything like that. A little bit more on, like, the personal side, I guess you could say, you know, just the way that they're going at each other and everything. But that that's it, though, you know. They're just kind of going off of, like, the, the main points, you know, like being a mom, you know, of course, like uh, Natty and her body, I guess you could say. That's just, like, obvious stuff that you can kind of pick off of. You know, and just go with, I guess you could say. So I don't, I really don't feel like there's too much depth in it. I feel like they're, like, more closer as friends, if anything, you know, and they're just trying to, like, push that borderline of being mean to each other, I guess you could say. But, yeah, definitely going to go around on this. Um, Probably the easiest match to pick is the next one. Bianca Belair versus Carmella for the Raw Women's Championship. 
this, I mean, Bianca could literally tie her left arm behind her back and win this. Mm-hmm. She might be able to tie her right arm behind her back and win this. Honestly, I, I truly think that this is the one match where it's not even like, like it's it's not even, like this is the bathroom break right here. You can talk about Lunchable. This is the match where it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I want to watch Bianca, but I'm not necessarily, I mean, this match has no no shot of going the other way, in my opinion. There's no scenario where Carmella walks out with the women's championship, and I know we're not really expecting that, but, I mean, Carmella is just somebody that I feel like it's very tough for me to get, like, I guess, she's the most unbelievable, if that makes sense, like, the less believable. I can't get behind her being, like, in the main event picture. I just, I can't. Same reason why people feel that way about Liv, because Liv's small and just he's not really credible. Carmella, I mean, people say that she's gotten better in the ring, and this is something that I, this is kind of taking me back to my when I really first got started here on the WWE podcast because this is a rant that I used to go on, and I just basically had like a that's so Raven flashback. But yeah, Carmella, like people were really hyping up her because she this was whenever she first came back as like the the new look. She was having the vignettes with like the champagne when she came back with Reggie as her. Uh, Dang, this is a real flashback because I was even struggling with that word way back there. But anyways, basically her, whatever Reggie was for Carmella in a long time, you know, for however long it was. You know, I don't remember what it was. I wish I could think of that word. But either way, that's on me. Feel free to roast me if you want. But (laughs) anyways, I was saying, you know, for the longest time, dude, Carmella just ain't it. You know, she just, she's not it. I'm not behind her. I, I don't believe that she is credible and that's just my personal opinion i'm not rooting for a downfall or anything you know she's more than welcome to stay here in the wwe but i just feel like any main event program that she's in i'm going to definitely go with the uh the person she's going against most likely unless it's like nikki ash or something like that in which case i will not be watching that match but yeah bianca belair if i didn't make myself clear i was gonna say i I don't even think i'd want to see that match happen you know but yeah i mean i i just don't see I, I, yeah, I don't take her serious either. You know, the only person that probably does is freaking Corey Graves. You know, whenever he's over there, like, cheering her on and stuff, like, commentary and stuff. But I don't know, man. I just felt like, you know, it's, it's kind of rushed. You know, they just came back from their little like honeymoon, I guess you could say, wedding, whatever they did, you know. And I, I just feel like they're just trying to throw her in there just for maybe to catch up on what she's kind of missed, I guess you could say, you know, because there's no way that she's going to win, you know. So, yeah, definitely going to choose Bianca on this. But, yeah, I can't get behind her either. Yeah, I um, I don't blame you one bit, but let's go ahead and move on to the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Let's look at the qualifiers of the people who are going to be participating. Lacey Evans, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Shotzi, and Raquel Rodriguez. I'll let you go first. Okay, run that back. All right, we have Lacey Evans, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Shotzi, and Raquel Rodriguez. That is tough. Real tough. The I can't give you one, but if they're all can if come down to two, you know, I'm gonna go with Becky Lynch and Ra- uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Okay. Rodriguez. Okay. Well, guess what? We love Liv. I'm picking Liv Morgan to win the 2022 Money in the Bank, and she will cash in. 
I don't know on who. We got two very legitimate champions right now. It's going to be tough. I think she'll hold on to it for a while, to be completely honest. But I'm picking Liv. I'm going to jump behind her right now, and I think that, I mean, I've been behind her for a long time, and the time is now. I think that it is time for her to, uh, you know, propel herself up that ladder, grab that briefcase, and, you know, just wait. Wait for the most opportunistic time that you can and just, you know, just cash in, get your championship, solidify that. And I think that, you know, she's definitely, you know, she has a chance to, uh, to get this done. But the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, Madcap Moss, Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins, Sheamus, Sami Zayn, Omos and Drew McIntyre. What do you think here? I already know who I'm picking. Gosh, dang. This one, yeah, another one right here just because, like, I want to see it happen with the Sami Zayn thing. But, I mean, that's just, you know. That's just more in the bloodline, you know. Yeah, I mean, but still, you know, I mean, they're, they're doing something with it, and then there's something, but. I don't know. There's there, there's a twist in there too, you know. There got got to be a twist, you know. So the story's there, I guess you could say. That's the only thing that I'm trying to see from it. But man, I don't see Drew McIntyre winning it. I agree with you because I don't necessarily think he needs it because he has that Clash at the Castle match already penciled in there. His mm-hmm. opportunities booked. I feel like this this would be you know sticking two bullets into one barrel if that yeah. makes sense you know shooting off two right now you don't want to do that you can you can utilize this another way so i'll give you a little bit more time to think and i'll tell you mine seth rollins i mm-hmm. think that history is bound to repeat itself i think that this is what they're going to use i'm like, all right seth we've gotten a lot of guys over on you the past few months you know when I mean, cody rhodes just literally made himself a main eventer on you you know so you know, so sorry about that i know he's injured now and you're the one that has to stick around after basically you know losing that entire program Let's reward you here. Let's kind of give you a little bit more juice by giving this briefcase that literally, you know, I guess, kickstart, shot you up. You know, it got you this main event level stardom that you're at right now. You know, it all started with this Money in the Bank briefcase. Sometimes life comes full circle. And sometimes instead of going forward, you do go backwards. Or at least, you know, sometimes things like that tend to, you know, repeat themselves and this is a situation where I think Seth Rollins has an opportunity to um, walk away here as the Money in the Bank ladder winner. God, man, yeah, this one's tough right here. I just want to kind of see it like just play out, you know. Like, I, I, I really don't even want to choose anybody, but but if I am gonna choose somebody, I'm gonna go with Riddle, just because I have like my own little story going in my head right now and I don't want to say it out loud just so I don't seem like a doofus if it doesn't happen. Go ahead, but come on. I do want to go with the riddle thing riddle as winning this just because he has that asterisk by him that he cannot challenge Roman Reigns anymore. Yeah. So that's gonna be the only way that he can I wouldn't even say challenge him, you know, because he's gonna cash in probably whenever he's already beat up or something, you know, but that's the only that's the only thing that I can see going for Riddle on that part, so I'm gonna go Riddle. Riddle. Yeah. Man, I th- I really wish I would have let you go first, so I would have acted like I agreed with you the whole time. But hey, it is what it is. That's a good pick there. I think you that, might you might be on to something. I was about to say, I'm just thinking a little bit farther down the road, especially like whenever they kinda introduce Randy back in in a way, you know. I'm, I don't want to give that prediction out just because, like I said, I don't want to sound like a doofus and it not happen. But yeah. there's something in my head that's got me going with him. 
I totally understand why. Well, that does do it for us here on the SmackDown Review. Predictions done, review done on the SmackDown Review portion here. So, thank you guys so much for listening, obviously. If you are a first-time listener, thank you so much for choosing this podcast. Hopefully, you will continue to do that and also listen to some of the other shows that are available on this network, like the Mailbag, the Raw Review, NXT Review, AEW Review, Weekend Review. Um, I know I probably missed some WWE Retro. I mean, there's a lot of shows that go on here. It's definitely the one-stop shop if you're a wrestling fan to get all the content you want to fill out your week and to get you through any road trips, any workouts, any long drives, whatever it is that you got to do. I know long drives and road trips are pretty much the same thing, but like I said, hey, I mean, we're here at the very end of the show. It's a very late night. you got to bear with us here, but either way, thank you guys so much for listening. If you're a regular listener, you already know the drill. We're going to be back next week um, reviewing SmackDown again. Same you-know-what, different week. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the Money in the Bank pay-per-view tomorrow. But, John, anything you got to say, any shout-outs, plugs, anything like that before we sign off? Well, I just want to say, man, I am ready for tomorrow and everything like that. It's already got my freaking jitters going and everything. So, yeah, definitely ready for this uh, PLE, I guess you could say. You know, kind of getting used to that. But, yeah, definitely ready for that. Uh, definitely want to give a shout-out to listeners and everything like that. Thank you all for making this, you know. I mean, a part of your week every week, like how Mike says. Yeah, and definitely want to give you a shout-out, man. If uh, any listeners out there definitely want to check out his podcast, Football Function, now definitely something y'all want to check out. But other than that, definitely want to sign off with that. And, yeah, let's get this thing going. Yep, definitely. I'm going to sign off right now so it doesn't get us too, too much later here. And I'm not going to lie, the train is 100% going off the rails here. So if we stay on there for about five more minutes – you know, you know what might hit the fan, but either way, <laughs> like one or like we mentioned, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Enjoy the show, which is Money in the Bank. Have a damn good weekend. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.